0: Friends, it is week 46, which means we got six more weeks in this year, of which will probably only work four, and if you count Thanksgiving in three. So we're basically at the end of this year. That being said, um, this week I have another nice group of amazing content for you. Um, some of the highlights include the Coca-Cola thought experiment, a hour-long video about Google algorithm engineers, user-friendly exit pop-ups, how to gradually change your mind instead of suddenly, and the content marketing report from animals. Let's do this. Charlie Munger, the partner in crime of Warren Buffett, is famous for his thought experiments and mental models. One of the most famous thought experiments is actually about Coca-Cola. And in a nutshell, it's an exercise in stretching your mind. Manga really makes the case for, hey, how how would you actually build Coca-Cola in 1884? How would you scale it? What would operations look like? Marketing? Sales? It is pretty stunning to read through this. And I wanted to include this in this week's weekly finds because I think we can apply some of that to SEO or organic growth in general as well. I don't think we take enough time to really think all of our strategies and tactics through and instead focus too much on point solutions. So that's why I thought it would be good to integrate so that we can get inspired by it and learn from it. I'm sure you have heard of the long video that Google has surprisingly put out to explain how engineers work on the ranking algorithm and how they assess QA new features. Again, it came to a surprise to me and to a lot of people. It was kind of cool to see how things work at Google. but. Um, I don't think there were many gems that we can take away. But here's a couple of observations. So first of all, it was just interesting to see a lot of Google ranking engineers with their faces on camera. Ranking engineers are usually shielded from the public. Um, they're not even in the regular Googleplex building in the Silicon Valley. They're kind of, you know, bring their own thing. And that makes a lot of sense because the um, ranking algorithm is a very, very well-kept secret similar to the Coca-Cola recipe. It was also interesting to see how Google made sure that people realize that money is made through ads, which is correct, that spam is a major problem, which is also correct, and that ads are clearly marked. And that's a point that, mm, yeah, I kind of agree, but I, co- I kind of also disagree because that label has clearly changed over the last couple of years and is harder and harder to distinguish from organic results. So. It, I think there was a bit of PR and marketing juice in that video, but it was still cool to to see Google kind of you know, painting that picture and telling that type of story. It was a bit over-dramatized at points, but at the same time, I think it was also really, really well-produced. The one interesting thing that I observed was at minute 34, when Googlers speak about the problems with fake news, and how turning up the influence or the impact of authority could be a way out of that problem. And that is something that I observed over the last couple of months in many algorithmic adjustments or changes. And that I think is one of the biggest takeaways for me. Um, In other words, um, links and mentions have become more important because they signal to Google that your brand is an authority. And with that, I also think and have anecdotally observed that the brand bonus that Google gives has gotten much, much stronger. Three. I already mentioned spam in the context of Google, but there's also an interesting experiments that the smart folks from Clearbit have run. So they tried out um, how, so they basically designed a less spammy exit pop-up. And so the big um, problem and challenge here is that exit pop-ups seem to work well, but can be super spammy and annoying to people. And Clearbit thought, "Hey, how can we make this more user-friendly?" They ran an experiment. The first one failed, um, apparently because they didn't put enough effort into it, or because they didn't put enough of effort into their design. But the second one succeeded, and it was really interesting. So um, first, what they did is they only showed that exit pop up to specific people who show high intent. And that can be measured, for example, by people who visit pricing pages or other landing pages that signal that they have a deeper interest in the product. And then they basically capped the number of times that they showed the exit intent per person. And they made sure that the person is at least 30 seconds on their site. They also personalized the pop up with their reveal product, which increases the chance of somebody scheduling a demo simply because they can relate to the exit pop up better. In the end, they achieved a conversion rate of 13.4%, which is surprisingly good. So it seems that there are not spammy or unspammy accident tent pop ups. And even more so, I think that maybe there is an opportunity for us to rethink what how pop-ups should be used and what pop-ups mean in a less spammy context. I think in a lot of cases, and I'm certainly guilty of that, we might make it too easy for ourselves to just you know, add a pop-up to a site and then uh, see how it works instead of creatively thinking how to make it more user-friendly. More. I love to mix it up sometimes and not only post SEO or growth content, because I think that by just expanding your mindset and learning on different levels, you can transfer these lessons to SEO or to whatever your craft is. One of these examples is an an article from Scientific American that is titled how the best forecasters predict events such as election outcomes. And it was a real revelation to me for a couple of reasons. So first of all, it really helps us to understand how people who are really good at forecasting actually change their mind. So instead of a 180, they basically change their minds gradually by collecting more data points and then making adjustments to their beliefs. Scientific American actually lists a study of more than one million predictions that shows that there is something like super forecasters who are people that are on average much better at predicting than others. And the difference between them and all the other people is that they gradually update their beliefs um, and don't fall prey to biases like availability bias or recency bias, meaning they don't over-index on things that just happened recently. So the second reason for why I really enjoyed that article is because in SEO specifically, we very often deal with uncertainty, and it's sometimes very hard to forecast the impact of something. And so, you know, by adopting this mindset of just gradually changing beliefs, I think we can all become better forecasters and make better SEO cases, which means that we can get better at actually executing SEO. Five. I want to wrap this week up with a report by animals so the report is titled content marketing benchmark Report 2020 and is an analysis of over 150 million page views over 12 months and the friendly folks from animals basically took away some of the highlights that they found i cannot do this report justice on a quick mini podcast but i wanted to highlight a couple of facts that stood out to me so first of all Social email and communities can really kickstart a publication, right? If you start something new, like a small little media site or a small little blog, then you might not be able to rely on organic traffic right from the start. And instead tapping into an existing community or building an email newsletter or, you know, tapping into social channels like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and a couple of other platforms, you can get a head start. The, the second thing is that you have to proactively define your internal linking strategy. If you don't have that within your editorial guidelines, writers are just not inclined to add internal links as much as they they maybe should. So you have got to make sure you set positive constraints, boundaries, um, and reinforcement for internal links. And the third thing is that most articles actually don't contain any internal links, which reinforces the second point. To no more surprise, um, organic traffic is still the biggest source of traffic um, and search and social doesn't really matter anymore. It's not really, it's more like an engagement platform than really a traffic source. However, for small blocks that get less organic traffic, social and, and especially dark social can still be a viable source of traffic. One of the key takeaways for me was this power curve in the distribution of traffic, which basically means that a few blogs or sites get the most traffic. The median was actually around 17,000 page views a month, but there are some sites that get way over a million. It takes about nine years to reach that threshold of a million yearly page views. And um, it's very interesting that animals pointed out that one of the observation was that these mega sites they have a couple of posts or articles that get over 100,000 monthly page views. So even within the sites, we often see a power curve. And honestly, it was interesting to see that the median bounce rate was at about 80% and time on site at around three minutes, 15 seconds. So that's a nice benchmark to compare your content against. That's it for this week. Enjoy the three last weeks of the year, wink, wink. And uh, I hope that you stay safe and healthy out there.